Welcome everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast, hosted by Mercy Hernandez and Priya Namard. Our goal is to uplift voices everywhere by empowering women and youth and by building a better global community. The I'm Speaking Podcast is inspired by the Edge Charitable Foundation. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the hosts and do not reflect that of the benefactors or sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is the I'm Speaking Podcast. I'm Priya. I'm Mercy. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. And what we do every week is we uplift voices everywhere. So thank you for joining us this Wednesday. Today, we're talking about leadership and women of color. And so explain a little. (laughs) <laughs> yes, so we, I, w- I want to start off this conversation because Mercy and I had to really talk about this before we filmed today's episode because, you know, we come, with, come from two different eras. Uh, I won't say our ages, <laughs> that's irrelevant here, um, but we both come from two different eras and we were thinking about what terms were appropriate to use now. We thought it'd be important to talk about this um, because I'm sure a lot of people are also confused about what terms should be used now. Um, And I'm saying women of color because that's currently the most appropriate term to use. We're talking about all women who are not Caucasian. Um, We're talking about black women, uh, Latinas, native women, Indian women, Asian women are all women of color. And even more specific, there's a term called BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C, and that stands for, you're going to see a lot of Gen Zers, a lot of millennials use that term, and it stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, BIPOC, Um, and you're going to see that everywhere. So those are the current terms being used, but Mercy, um, I'm sure you just want, let's just keep it real, like, you know, before. (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> when we were having this conversation, she was concerned about what terms to use. So why don't you share with everybody what you were thinking? Sure. Well, now it's going to sound really dumb because I've been educated. So <laughs> leadership oh, and education. There's, there's no dumb question. Go ahead. Uh, so when you mentioned that, I thought, well, wait, you're going to talk about women of color, but what about Hispanic women? And what about Latinas? Um, or are we going to leave out the Asian women? And then you educated me and I second guessed you and I thought what I've never heard that term and of course I went to my youngest daughter who's always very politically correct and just, you know it's an age thing yeah and she's 22 and she's on it in and she's all about um equality and she's all about all the things that matter bottom line and I went up to her and I go have you heard this term and she's like how have you not mom <laughs> <laughs> okay so then I came back, um, vulnerable and humble, and I told Priya, come on, throw it at me, educate me. And yeah. she did. And at that point, I told her, listen, I know you were ready to move forward with this, but I think there's other women like me, maybe in their 50s, and who knows, you might have women in their 30s um, that are so unaware of that, mm-hmm. uh, or even younger women that are really not aware of what's happening in the world. And so let's talk a little bit about it so we understand the verbiage behind it, um, what it really includes, so we're all aware and and uplift other women that may not know this, or or men, uh, and that's where that came from. And so today I really learned something, so excited. 
Thank you. And, and of course, we want to be real with you. We want to be vulnerable so you can learn from us. That's why we're constantly sharing our stories and our history together, because we want our listeners to take those little nuggets of inspiration and wisdom if we can offer it to any of you. And it's not like we're, we're old, we're like, you know, really up there in age, but we've experienced enough to be able to share this information with you. So you could take it and you could be a leader in your community, or you can, you know, start your own organization or a business and um, just really just uh, lead with knowledge and power. And I do want I do want to preface this. So I'm saying women of color, and I'm saying BIPOC, the term um, Black, Indigenous people, and people of color. But what you should not say is colored people. So sometimes people do make the mistake of saying colored people. That is a derogatory term. It, it's like saying colored folks can only only colored people can drink at this fountain. It's like referring to that. Um, that's not what you should be saying. If you're referring to black women, this colored woman, that's not the correct term. Woman of color, a black woman, an African-American woman, those are the ways to identify these groups. Same with Latinas. Um, now you should not be saying Spanish. Right. Spanish is not the correct term to use. You should be using Hispanic or Latinx, uh, which is commonly used by Gen Zers. <laughs> Right. There's a lot of education to go around here, um, and, and same Indian women, Indian women are just Indian women, but Indian women are not Native American women, and Native American women are not Indian women. So, and Native American women also refer to themselves as first peoples, because they were the first people here on this land. Um, again, there's a lot of education to go around, and I'm happy to share information. If you have questions, <laughs> post them in the comments. And we can definitely talk about it more. But today's topic is about leadership and women of color in leadership. And we're both women of color. And to break it down even more, people, so there's something also called colorism. So this is something we touched on when Mercy and I were talking about it, because she's like, I'm Latina, but I have really light skin. I have green eyes. It's green or blue? You're green. Green eyes. <laughs> <laughs> They change. Uh, and she has blonde hair, but you know, it, you can break it down even further because within every group, in, in, within every ethnic group, there's something called colorism. And that's, that's an implicit bias that people have based on <clears throat> the color of your skin. For example, you're very light skinned, but there are a lot of Latinas that are dark skinned or of African origin or are indigenous origin. And they're all, all these different shades and variations of the ethnic group. Same with Indian women. There's all these different shades of Indian women from very light-skinned European-looking to very dark-skinned of African origin. So, and that's colorism, when there's an implicit bias based on the, the, the skin color um, within an ethnic group. Um, go ahead. I have to tell you, I've lived that. I can't tell you how many times... Um, I've had a conversation with somebody actually of most places in our, in Tennessee. So we have a home in Tennessee and we spend a lot of time there and many times at a social gathering or at a supermarket, I'll speak and I'll ask for something specific and they'll tell me, you have a strong accent. Where are you from? And I'll tell them, well, I'm Hispanic. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. You're Puerto Rican. And I'm like, yes, you don't look like a Puerto Rican. That's the answer I get all the time. And mm. most of my life, I've thought to myself, I don't usually say it out loud, but I, 
what does a Puerto Rican look like? Puerto Ricans come in all shapes and all colors and all shades and everything. They're, you know, what do you mean? I mean, if you go back to, to education, right, and to, to learning about heritage, which would be too much for everybody to know. So the Puerto Rican is a mix of a Spaniard, of the native Indians from Puerto Rico, which were Tainos, mm -hmm. and Africans. And so you get all these three things and you put them together and you can use somebody as J-Lo as a beautiful example, right? <laughs> you have like that bodacious body that she has that could possibly come from that African aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, and this absolutely gorgeous hair that could, we can say maybe came from that, that native Indian from Puerto Rico that had that thick, long, beautiful black hair. Yeah, and she dyes her hair. <laughs> I know, don't we almost? A lot of people probably think that's her real hair color, but if you go back in the days to living color when she used to be a dancer, it was dark brown. Very dark, right, and beautiful, still beautiful. Uh, and then you have uh, the Spaniard part, right, which could be why her skin might be a little bit lighter than, than most, although she does have this beautiful um, cinnamon color to her skin. Anyhow, it's just a big mixture of how everybody kind of starts, like all these countries and, and the the mix, right? The interracial mixes that yep. create all these beautiful people. So I think that it's really important that we uh, not refer to others like, wow, you're from Bolivia? You don't look Bolivian. Instead <laughs> of that, right? So like, you're what does Bolivian look like? Exactly. So yeah. maybe just compliment the person and say, oh, wow, look at that. You're a beautiful Bolivian or mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, so that's just something I've personally experienced because apparently I don't look like Puerto Rican. It is quite a common thing that people tell me. Uh, so this is a Puerto Rican right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that goes back to colonialism. So, uh, and we can talk about this all day because it's a huge thing, you know, Native Americans are talking about colonialism right now. And it's, this is what we all inherently experience as yes. people of color, colonialism. And the Spaniards came over and colonized Puerto Rico. A lot of Caribbean countries were colonized by the French, the Spanish, the, the British, um, the Dutch. Like there's so many European cultures that, um, that influenced the islands through colonialism and they're integrated. Like they came and they, they married and they fell in love and they raped, unfortunately. Um, the Tainos, and um, and then slavery happened, and slaves came over from both uh, Africa, and then indentured servants came over from India. So all the islands are very mixed, um, and a lot of these countries, and you know, in Central and South America, are very mixed because of the same reasons. And America, please, <laughs> yes, the melting pot. And so I don't think, well, I know things are not as they used to be. Mm -hmm. So I, I remember as a little girl, when you would think of a country, most people in that country looked a certain way. And then in other countries, they looked a certain way. And so that's not today. Today, as a whole, the world looks completely different. And we are, we're just different people. You know, mm -hmm. I think we've just completely evolved. We've connected um, and we've procreated uh, such beautiful new people. And I think we're all one and it really doesn't matter your, your background or your heritage clearly would always matter to you, right? And, and it's important and we must respect it, mm -hmm. but we shouldn't give it a color or give it a title um, of sort. So I love that, that you brought this up and that 
and I learned from it, um, and that it takes us to the power of leadership. Yes. Uh, and and how how so much of that uh, impacts our leadership opportunities, mm -hmm. um, the way maybe we carry ourselves without even knowing it, the way that we uh, presume people will see us or how we see ourselves. And I think we need to get out of those, sh or those shadows and really own who we are and know that above all else, we are women and we are powerful and we are here and we're going nowhere but forward. And we can make an impact as long as we're pushing and helping and supporting and empowering each other, regardless of, of our color. That's, that's what we're just talking about. Exactly, exactly. And there are gonna be implicit biases. And you know, there, sometimes people say, I'm, I don't see skin color, which I feel like it's very false term to use because you're going to see someone and judge them on their appearance. Everybody does that. I don't care where you're from, who you are, you're going to judge them. And I'm not, I'm not saying judge in a very negative way. Like you're going to have these predetermined assumptions about the person, like how someone met you and thought like, oh, she's Puerto Rican. <laughs> but it was, it, it was already there, this implicit bias, this like, you know, you're going to judge somebody when you meet them. And that's okay. But as long as you're very conscious of your thoughts, your words, and your actions, and um, you're aware of, of, of how those thoughts, words, and actions are going to affect other people, that's what's important. Um, and how you say things and how you present yourself. And, you know, being, being a, a leader and a woman of color it can be very difficult sometimes to break through those barriers. And like you said, you know, we're in this day and age, we're constantly breaking those barriers. We're breaking, we, I mean, we just got voted in our first woman, woman of color as a VP, um, along with our president. And that's exciting. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, that's exciting. And then 13 Republican women were voted into Congress as well. So all over the place, you see the glass ceiling being broken and you see more women of color, you know, moving up in the ranks and it, the representation, seeing representation is so important, especially for little girls. And we work with young women through the YAC. Uh, we, you know, the children that we work with are from all different backgrounds and having that representation is extremely important. And it's a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful thing we should own. And I'll go back to when you say that uh, people say that they don't see color. To me, hearing people say that, or even saying I'm not racist, yeah. uh, makes me think of uh, when your kids, well, my kids would say, well, I don't lie. <laughs> uh, you kind of do, everybody does, maybe not intentional, and maybe you try not to lie, but sometimes you don't realize that maybe you didn't say the whole truth, or maybe, it, you know, it just, or a little white lie. <laughs> I just don't think, I feel we should never say never, right? Yeah. Because it may not come from a bad place. It may have no ill intention. It may be meant as a compliment, but it's not. And you may not think it's racist, but it is. And so I think if we're open and we're vulnerable and we understand maybe 
you know, I am a little bit racist and I'm working hard on not being one. So yeah. just educating myself. I think that has more power. I think everybody somewhere, somehow has racism in them. It's, it's just part of life. And I feel that in the future, we won't have that, that we're working really hard now so that that's not a thing in the future, but it is present right now. And I feel we have to, you know, we have to face that and, and work on it. Yeah, and our, and our systems reflect that. You talk about systemic racism. It's very embedded and affects women who are in business, who are, who are professionals trying to move up in the ranks. And you might not even realize. So you might have an all male, all white, all Caucasian board of directors, for example. And they might bring on um, uh, um, um, another man, now, not to be... I'm not trying to be sexist in any way, <laughs> but they might bring on another man that's Hispanic or African-American or Indian or Asian, whatever, another ethnic group. But, um, and they, they're going to say, oh, our, our board is diverse. Or even saying like one guy's Italian, one guy's Irish, you know, an immigrant here, you know, like they might, they might say their board is diverse, which is very uh, depreciating. It's very, um, I, I feel like we're taking a step backwards when we, when we behave like that and we say those things because, exactly. yeah, because it's, it's, you're not, you're not empowering other women. There is space. There's so many intelligent women out there, women who are educated, who have a lot of experience can, that can fill these roles. Um, and we just have to make space for them. We have to make space for them. Men have to make space for women. Other women have to make space for women and women of color to serve in these roles because there's so many people, so many women who have the ability to do so. And to bring so much power um, and so much knowledge to the table and, and bringing all these, these women or, or people in general um, can bring so many different experiences uh, together that can help us move forward so much stronger. So I think I, there's just so much value, really. We haven't even started to see the value that that can have. Yeah, and yeah. I think in, as, as a human, and not a psychologist or therapist or anything like that, <laughs> I feel it as a human. My, my qualification is that I'm human. <laughs> that, I can, that I can talk about. So I think um, humans tend to, even animals tend to do this. You tend to, um, you look for others. That are like you mm. right and you feel comfortable with others that are like you and so it's just maybe part of a dna of our dna to look for others like us and then you talk about that board of directors right that they're all caucasian because maybe they just feel more comfortable around each other and so that's how we were brought up that might just be in again in our dna but we are changing everything about um humans is changing so everything is so mixed now. Mm -hmm. We have so many beautiful mixtures out there creating all these new humans, right? That hopefully we're going to be looking for more colors in that rainbow per se, as opposed to just looking to others that look like us and to know how much value there is in people that are different and how much you can gain from being around others that are different. Exactly. Different perspectives, not just having the good old boys club. There needs to be different perspectives and roles of leadership. 
also, I have to, I do have to refer to Gen Zers. I feel like Gen Zers, you know, these are kids that are, are young adults that are just coming out of college. They've just, they've graduated for a couple of years that are leaving high school, going into college. Gen Zers think very differently and you'll see it in everything they do. Like they, they have diverse groups of friends, uh, eclectic tastes in music and clothes, and they're not concerned about brand names. <laughs> they're, they're not concerned about which pop star is the best. Like they have a very different view of the world. And I really do feel, you know, when we're talking about leadership and, you know, uh, companies and our culture and politics, I really do feel like, you know, there's hope in the future generations and for little girls growing up that there's going to be hope because you'll have men in their generation that are going to support them because they just see the world differently. Absolutely. I have one here. I have a 22 year old and wow, she's everything you just mentioned. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's a different thing to experience as a mother to see her values, um, which are still just as beautiful and powerful. Mm -hmm to see how they view the world and how outspoken they are and how strongly they want to leave their mark in this world. Also, I want to say as the mother of a millennial, I can tell you that I many times feel that they got a really bad rap. They were actually, you know, outspoken and, and they were in a transition of, of what our world is today with technology yeah. coming in. And many times, uh, People refer to, to them as lazy. Oh, they don't know what they're doing or they just sit there all day and they got a really bad rap. And as the mother of a wonderful millennial, I can tell you, she didn't have, she didn't work like we worked, my generation, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't wake up at six in the morning and have two jobs and, and do things my way. But goodness, did in her way, she reached some beautiful... Um, some beautiful goals and she had her own leadership style and her own right of mind and and we have to respect each generation brings such power and such value to us and no generation is you know any less than the other i do feel that we need to empower the new generations and it goes back to everything you're saying priya absolutely mm -hmm. they're here to make a a big change and and how beautiful when they teach us these things because both you and I have, have paused and said, hold on, let me ask Ava. Hold on, let me go and ask Lauren. And they're right. I mean, you're right, you're right. And it does it, it that goes into age, respecting them, right? And that's a huge leadership one-on-one um, -on -one there, which is age. We respect yeah. others and their knowledge, regardless of their age. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I also have to say that they're more outspoken. So I feel with, I'm a Gen Xer, you are a, you're a Gen Xer also. We're both Gen Xers, but you're the old, on the older spectrum. <laughs> yes, I, I'm right there in the cutoff line. I'm yeah, not you're, yeah, you're right there in the cutoff line. Um, and we have a different way of doing things. Our work ethic is different. And we were, I feel like we're more reserved because of the business environment we grew up in, but with, the younger with millennials and Gen Zers, they speak their mind. <laughs> they are not to say, not, not afraid to say how it is and to be themselves. Whereas in our generation, we feel we have to act a certain way. We have to be a certain way. We can't be emotional. We can't be, 
you know, X, Y, and Z, but with them, it's just like, it's all, it's all out there. You know, we have to keep it real. It's all out there. Yes. Yes. And you know, again, we grow, we, we just evolve. That's the right word. We evolve. And, and I tell you, there are things that I value that they do not. Um, and basic dumb little things and I'll throw them out there, like just going out there and wear whatever, right. To do, to run a, to go to the, on a flight. Perfect example. So growing up, right. I would see you when you went on a flight, you dressed up mm -hmm. really pretty dress and the men wore a jacket, like, you know, it didn't have to be a suit, but they definitely wore a jacket. And there was something nice about that whole experience. It was like going to the theater. It was, you know, you were going on a flight. It was a beautiful thing. And then all of a sudden, now you, you know, I'll go on a flight and I'll see somebody with a fuzzy slippers and a pajama. So some things are just too much, right? So yeah. it has to be within a balance. Um, so there are still very important things that our generation values that I feel should continue that way and things that they're bringing up that we kind of, you know, go in and there's wisdom and age and, and tell them, you know, you hear kids nowadays, you have a gathering and they're just burping and it's funny and they're hurting and they're doing all these crazy things and you're like, well, I, I think there's still, I, I think there's still like, a, you know, the unsaid guidelines of business that you're not going to be on a business call and you're not going to be like burping out loud or picking your nose or farting. And I, I know the people that blip. <laughs> we didn't do that before, even with our friends, like, you know, okay, so best friend, yeah, you know, you're drinking or you're laughing or whatever, but yeah. in a social gathering, it's not something you did, or it's something that if you burped, you would be embarrassed and say, oh goodness, excuse me. That's not the case anymore. It's like, good one, good one. Like, oh, God. Well, that's like age. Again, it's age. And I'm not saying, we were saying that it's like inappropriate. Right. You know, as moms, we'd be like, that's inappropriate. But, They're you know, with them, it's, it's, just, it's different. It's, this, is, this is the response. It's life. It's gas. I'm not going to hold it in. That'll give me a stomach ache. Why would I do that? It's yeah. just, that's my body. And really? Right. Yeah, even with dressing up and going to business, um, business um, events and networking and things like that, like, you know, I, I love dressing down. I'm good with cargo pants. And I remember the first time we met, I was being car wearing cargo pants. I'm good with doing that and a t-shirt and a, and a blazer. But, you know, every generation has their way of dressing. Like, you know, you have the really posh, like, you know, skirts and jackets for, I think, for high-powered meetings you should be dressed like that because you want to exude that power. You really want to exude that confidence and sh show people that you are the expert and you know what you're talking about. But there are occasions where you could just, you know, wear your, your sneakers with your, with uh, skinny business pants, a right. t-shirt and a blazer and you're good to go. You know? Absolutely. So again, you go back, that's in leadership. It really depends what you're trying to accomplish and what meeting you're going to. So if you're having a meeting with, you know, the people that you're with on a regular basis, I would think, again, depending on the business, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's just changed. Uh, so absolutely, you know, I personally can go to any uh, networking business and meet with all business people from all walks of life. And I will still wear my comfortable, you know, Echo white sneakers with uh, a nice pair of jeans and a really pretty blazer. And I know, I feel like I look the part. 
but then there might be another woman right next to me with beautiful stilettos on and good for her. She's just, you know, looking just as sharp. So I think a lot of times it has to do with how we carry ourselves. So when we're talking about women and leadership and your, how you carry yourself will say so much. And many times it's your confidence that's going to, to make you look the part. It's being confident. It's, is having that leadership um, eye contact. It's mm -hmm. having that firm, well, pre prior COVID, having that handshake that's firm and not a dead fish, right? Like they used to say, uh, the confidence will be the most beautiful outfit you'll wear as a leader, in my opinion. So exactly you know, own it as when you're out there, just own it and know, mm -hmm. know that you own it. And then yeah, just flow. And just going back to women of color, just own who you are, you know, don't be afraid to show your culture. Don't be afraid to show your, your, your education and your knowledge. There are always going to be people in the room that doubt you just by looking at you, who are going to judge you. And of course, for now, we always have to take that extra step as women of color. We always have to go go the extra mile to prove ourselves to show people that yeah we we are smart <laughs> there are smart women of color out there and unfortunately it's like that but do not be afraid to to put yourself out there and to um just be you i mean this world is so congested with people just trying to fit in and be like everybody else but really, as a woman of color, being yourself is the best um, best resource you have. Yes, and I, I would love to say, I know we're about to wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, it's really important to me that leaders know that the main goal of a leader should be to create other leaders, to empower other leaders. And that's always really important to me. I've talked that to my girls, and it's one of our key topics when we teach the leadership class for The Edge with our youth group. Uh, it's very important that a leader lifts others, that a leader elevates others, and that a leader in leading creates other leaders. That's, that's a huge uh, leadership quality for me. So if you own who you are as a woman and you're proud and you accept who you are and therefore you shine for it, other women that are watching you will follow and therefore you're leading, making you a leader and empowering others as you do. Exactly, exactly. Use your voice any way you can to uplift others. Just like our title. <laughs> Uplifting voices everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> so that's our episode for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Again, if you have comments or questions, ideas for topics, leave them in the comments below. Uh, like, share, follow, subscribe. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And what else? And please follow The Edge. Uh, the Edge is doing wonderful things around the world for children in need. And we would love your, your support. We would love your generosity, your kindness, your selflessness. Find us on social media at The Edge Helps is our handle. And also follow us um, on, and also visit our website, theedgehelps.com. And this is the I'm Speaking Podcast. See you guys later. Have a great one, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.